0: RetroPod is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out the Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history lovers! I'm Mike Rosenwald with RetroPod, a show about the past rediscovered. Can you guess what company produces more tires in a year than Goodyear? Here's a clue. Those tires, well, you'll never see them in traffic. Still not got it? Here's another. It's notorious for causing pain to soles of bare feet all over the world. Still guessing? It's LEGO, a company that started as a tiny manufacturer of wooden toys that built itself into an empire of plastic blocks that have provided kids with millions of hours of fun. Though, why is it that adults are always the ones to step on them? Anyway, the story of Lego starts in the 1930s in Denmark with a master carpenter named Ole Kirk Christensen. With the Great Depression in full swing, Christensen desperately needed a way to earn money. So he used his skill with wood to start a company that made all sorts of things, stepladders, ironing boards, and an entirely new line of wooden toys, yo-yos, trucks, ducks on wheels. Christensen called his company Lego, a portmanteau of the Danish words for play and well. According to David C. Robinson, author of A History of the Lego Company, Christensen ran the business all on his own while raising four sons. Lego survived the Great Depression. It survived the German invasion of Denmark. And it even survived a fire that destroyed its factory, including all of the blueprints for new toys. In the 1940s, Lego began producing what it called automatic binding bricks. Not from wood, but plastic. They weren't a completely new idea. A British inventor already developed the stackable plastic cubes with studs on top. But Christensen modified the concept by sharpening the edges and in the 1950s gave them the formal name Lego Bricks. The bricks were a hard sell, they weren't sturdy. They didn't stick together. The hollow plastic cubes just did not sell. Then, in 1958, Lego got a patent for an idea the company had been working on for years. A new stud and tube design that let the bricks snap together without coming apart. Christensen died the same year, leaving his son to take over the company. So he never had the chance to see what happened next. A total revolution in children's toys. After watching children play with the bricks, LEGO executives realized their future success was not about the brick itself, but about the world it could help create. And so LEGO began expanding its offerings with the brick as the cornerstone. In the 1960s, the company's bricksmiths invented a LEGO wheel, a round brick with a rubber tire. In the 1970s, there were miniature figures to populate the Lego towns, then castles with knights, kings, and queens. Astronauts came soon after. By this time, toy makers around the world were trying to replicate Lego's success. When the last of Lego's patents for its bricks expired in the late 1980s, the company tried to fight back against impostors and failed. But it hardly mattered. Lego experienced double-digit growth in sales with control of over 80% of the toy construction market. And then in the 1990s, Lego found another way to solidify its place in the imaginations of kids and their parents. Lucasfilm was about to release its first prequel to the original Star Wars movie. Executives there wanted to license a set of Star Wars toys to come out at the same time. At first, LEGO executives were wary. They valued their company's independence and worried about aligning themselves with a franchise that contained violence. But the company surveyed parents, and they didn't mind the partnership. So the result was the Phantom Menace LEGO line. Then someone else came along. Harry Potter. The company's path hasn't always been upwards, though. In the early 2000s, after expanding rapidly into other businesses, Lego's sales sank and they were forced to shut down several theme parks and kill off poor performing product lines. LEGO went back to basics, those lovable stackable bricks. Just recently, they released a new set called Apocalypseburg. It has 3,000 pieces. Watch your step. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. This episode was adapted from a story written by Ian Shapira for The Washington Post. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. The Washington Post has a new daily podcast, Post Reports, hosted by me, Martine Powers. Every weekday afternoon, we're bringing you stories about the state of the country, the world, and how we come to know the things we know. Get it now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports.